Hey y'all, welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations. Well, welcome back if you've listened before. (laughs) A podcast where I have intimate conversations with women of color on my couch. Today we will discuss being from the South, being with family, and of course the things we cannot ignore in regards to the protests in relation to George Floyd's murder, or or the murder that sparked all of this, really. I'm your host, Jasmine W., and I love my guest today so much. She's a stand-up comedian, writer, and celebrity nail artist here in LA. Dicey's bravery to engage audiences in controversial topics has made her a favorite, not only with me, but in the comedy scene, and allowed her to ghostwrite for famous comedians. She's toured with Billy Sorrell, Bill Bellamy on the Ladies Night Out Tour. She's appeared in NBA Wives, VH1, True TV, Comedy Central. And she recently taped a comedy special for Revolt TV's Funny AF, so look that up. She holds a bachelor's degree in theater from the University of Houston with a minor in creative writing. And she's from my hometown, Dallas, Texas, baby, stand up. (laughs) Give it up for Dicey. Hey, thank you for that intro wow girl we have to intro our 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 queens like this okay my friend jasmine was on the uh podcast last week and she was like or a couple weeks ago she was like that is such an amazing intro i'm like girl that's you the yogi yes yeah, I liked her. She's really smart. I really enjoyed her interview. I watched it. I watched that one. She's from da- she's from I met her. I've known her for a long time, but she's from Dallas, girl. Yeah, she's bomb. I love her. She's so sweet like that in real life. But that's you, Dicey, okay? That intro is you. Um, what are you drinking? Coffee. My mom drinks instant coffee. Uh Maxwell House, like the Cafe Vienna, the ones they uh, advertise, you know, on Young and the Restless. Yeah. <laughs> We just end up being our moms. I know. Weird. Okay, well, we always start the episode with the quote, and you know this one because you picked it. The quote of the day is, you have to act as if it were possible to radically transform the world, and you have to do it all the time by political activist and author Angela Davis. What does this quote mean to you? Why did you pick it? I, I love that quote because to me it just says never give up. I read a challenge or saw a challenge somewhere that was like, do you give 100% to what you do? And what if you gave 100% to everything that you did? I know for sure I don't give 100% in the things that I do, but I just wonder if I did, because I do put a lot of effort towards the things I love to do, you know? But as as far as activism goes, um, just the climate that we're in right now, I feel like that's so relevant that we, even if you, you know, feel like you're, too shy to be an, an activist or you just don't want you know everybody to know your political views or stance i feel like you can still within yourself love yourself more every day and continue and do the things that that make you happy every day and make you keep you in the in the right mental space because as black women especially i feel like people listen to us last or and less i think all that starts within but that 100% thing, you know, that's kind of what I feel like that quote is saying. It just reminds me of, of what I, you know, trying to strive to do things at 100%. I totally, I feel you. Um, I think that me and you in general, whenever we talk, we relate a lot. But I do think that if I put 100% into everything that I do, I'd be like much more successful. But giving that energy up is so draining. 
it's so hard to put in a hundred percent. I don't know why. It's just I feel overwhelmed and drained if I do I put a hundred percent into everything. So it's just a bit easier for me to give a little. You know, how do you how do you maintain the energy to keep projects that you're working on going or something that you are giving a hundred percent? Like, how do you stay passionate about it until like the end? I have to want to do it in the first place, you know. And so I try not to take on things that I don't want to do. Mm. I try to. I try to do what only what I want to do in like just period. And it, and it might not have brought me the money or the, the clout or whatever that I thought I would have by now, but I'm happy. And I know that it's paying off finally, you know what I mean? And it's going to continue to pay off because it's just like working out. Like you don't work out every day and not see results. If you're putting something, you know. No, I feel you on that. One, like me, like one thing about my my husband, he's very driven, but I, I don't think he understands that. Like he's like, sometimes you have to make sacrifices and do things that you don't want to do in order to get to where you want to be. But me, it's like, I only, I'm more productive when I feel good about everything that I'm doing. We got to remember that. I think that that's like actually the key. Doing things that you really, really want to do is what keeps you passionate. And most people will tell you that who are successful. Like they always wanted to do whatever it is that they're doing. So that's why they, that's how they keep going. Because mm. stand up is definitely not, it's like the least lucrative career choice and probably the hardest thing to do. So those two things couple together. But you know, if you, if you're good at it and you continue you know, honing your craft, it happens. I feel like being a black woman who doesn't necessarily talk about sex and like a bunch of raunchy stuff on stage. My comedy is more fly on the wall perspective. Being a black woman is a great thing in stand up for me. How did you start doing stand? Like, how did you realize that you were funny? And I know comedians get asked this a lot, but I'm interested to know like how you realized you were funny. So in high school, I got voted most witty. I actually won four out four of the things I won like all all these class favorites and this whoever was over the um class the teacher she she called me out of class one day and she was like listen this has never happened in the in like the 15 years I've been teaching here that one person wins all these categories so which one would you really like to have and I said well which one did I get the most votes on and she said you got the most votes on most witty so I said well just give me the most witty then people just always would be at our house growing up because it's not just me, it's my family too. I'm just the only one that does stand up and expresses it this way. But we, my mom is crazy, my brother, my sister, we all have our own, you know, kind of thing. So um, I was a theater major and I, and I always thought that I would, you know, have been on TV by now, but I really never have even tried. I haven't even tried to get an agent or any of that. When I, when I started doing stand up, I just loved it so much. And stuff has just come to me just based off of me doing it. You know, I haven't had a really hard time in, in stand-up at all. Again, if I gave 100% and I was really pushing myself and, and putting content out like you do all the time, you know, I probably would be further along. But that's, you know, that's my own fault. It's not because people don't respect what I do, you know? And I feel like that's important in whatever it is you want to do is to be respected in your industry and to love what you do. And I think they kind of come hand in hand what yeah I will say that I was nominated for most witty in high school but a white girl beat me she did she did I was like what I was so happy to be nominated though why don't you think you give a hundred percent in 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 stand-up like I really just want to know why you feel like you don't give a hundred percent 
I probably I think I give 85 to 90 percent right now for with stand up. I think the missing factor is my social media. You know, that's that's where I, I think I do give 100 percent to the stage portion. My record is like seven mics in one night, you know, and, and I was doing that kind of thing at least like four at least getting up and I had to just get 20 minutes of stage time in for myself just to feel good. And just to, cause I just, you know, I, I'm kind of obsessed with it. So, but I think that's the main thing in my life that I've ever given the most effort toward is stand up. Actually same, same, like passionately given the effort towards, you know what I mean? So I feel you. Okay. Well, we always have what I love to call random questions because they are random, but it's my favorite sort of part of the podcast because I just love to ask people random things to get to know them. Like, you know, you've been around me with other people and I'm always kind of like asking or like inquisitive or whatever. Um, so my first question is, if you had two wishes granted by a genie, what would they be? Definitely, I would want to fulfill all my, my dreams um, in Hollywood. I want I would want those to come true. Specific, mainly I would I would want to just make millions and millions of dollars off a comedy special. Yeah. That that's a you know, because it's just so easy for me to write stuff. And, and I love to do it. And then uh what would another wish be? You know what I've always wanted? I want to live in a hotel. Like I wanna live in a yeah, I don't I would love to have a, a summer home somewhere too, but yeah, I would just I wanna live in a hotel and see different people every day and yeah really you want to live in a hotel and you want to have like room service and people come clean your room like what is most appealing about that to you i would i would want to live in like a penthouse situation you know what i mean and it would be like an apartment because most hotels have you know residences too especially the real nice one so i would i would want it to be something like that but though you know it comes with a lot of perks i believe that you will get you will accomplish that thanks Cause I actually, you can actually move into the W, the W here in Hollywood. I've been, I was looking at the W. Yeah. I mean, it's not cheap, but they do have the residential area or whatever. And you get all the amenities to the hotel and you see your different people or whoever stays there. Girl, that's, that's, that, that's done. That's already taken care of. If you want that, that's already done. Thank you. (laughs) Jasmine. Okay, well, my next random question, and you, I, I ran these questions by you beforehand, uh, and you were kind of like, er, have you ever eaten chitlins? One time I ate chitlins. I don't remember where I was, but it, when I walked in there, it smelled like an, like an uh, exposed asshole. And I was <laughs> like, what? And they were like, no, you got to try them. And I look in the bar, and it looked like, I mean, it, it was like gray fat. And I did try it and and never again, never again. You know, one thing about me, okay, I asked Dicey this because we're both from Dallas and we're both like pretty country. Like your parents live on a damn farm or whatever, but I have tried chitlins. I've eaten chitlins. I don't eat meat anymore, but I love chitlins. I'm not even going to lie to you. They're so good to me. Gross, Jasmine. Not kidding. I don't care, girl. With some hot sauce. Ugh. Never, 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 never again. It's pretty gross. It's pretty gross. But you know, one thing I think about when I eat them, I was like, you know what? We need to use all. Pa- if you're gonna, if you're gonna kill an animal, you got to use all the parts. Okay, I don't care what the deal is. You got to use figure out a, a reason to eat all the parts or whatever you're gonna do with it. So that's how I used to justify it. But I, I haven't had chitlins in years. But my mouth do water when I think about them. I ain't gonna lie. Oh my gosh, uh, we have. <laughs> Um, Jasmine, that's what they used to give us the scraps. 
and we used to make chitlins with them. I know, but they're expensive now. Are they? I, you know what? I've never priced chitlins. I don't know how much they cost. I think they like $15 a bucket, girl. Okay, well, my next random question is, okay, you've been at home in Dallas since the start of the pandemic and everything that popped off, which was so smart to me, going home to spend that time with your family. Um, What have have you loved most and hated most about being at home? What I've loved most is that I haven't spent this much time with my family since high school, probably. You know, I went to college right after that. Then I went to LA straight from there. And I've been in LA almost 18 years and so yeah I've really uh missed my family and and so it's been real fun because my brother came here for the quarantine too he lives in Dallas though and then my sister lives in the house behind my parents and so they they just share like a gate and a big field and um and my niece and nephew are there so it's just been so great to be here with them. And I've been able to help my mom with her garden from the very beginning of the garden. We planted everything. And now you like by next week, oh my God, it's gonna be, I can't even believe the amount of stuff we pick out of the garden every day. You know, cause being self-sufficient is about to be key. And I don't think that the way of the world is ever gonna be the same. It's just gonna get worse and worse from here. Food prices are gonna keep going up. It's going to be harder to find seeds and stuff, you know? So um, I think this is, I've just, my mom's a master gardener and she she actually has like a master gardener certificate and all that stuff. And she's going to be starting people's gardens. And we're about to be working on a lot of different um, community initiatives and um, she's going to do be doing a nonprofit. So I've been able to be here and help her do her logos and her menus. And she makes jellies and cans a lot of the stuff from the garden. Um, yeah, I, we just want to teach people how to garden. And since I've been putting her on my stories, so many people have hit me up saying, does she, does she, can she come teach me how? Or like, you know, because you can buy some plants, but if you don't know how to keep them alive or how to make them multiply, like, you know, just how to take care of them, then, you know, whatever. But so the worst part about being here is missing stand-up and not being on stage. That is killing me right now. My sister has a mic and a um, sound system. So I go in her barn sometimes. She has a barn. So I go in there and I just talk, you know, and that's where (laughs) I'm on shows and stuff. I do the shows from there and I have the mic and the stand. And it makes me feel, you know, really good because I've done a lot of Zoom shows. Um, but that's been the worst part for me, for sure. Dicey, you could put on your own shows. On, I think you have a strong enough following to say, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on my own show. It's gonna be two dollars to watch. My brother John's gonna make an appearance and introduce me, or whatever." And people would do it. I haven't even thought about that. You could charge more than two dollars, but I'm just saying. I would charge, I mean, you know, two or three dollars, it's a pandemic, you know, idea. I might work on that. Yeah, I know. Okay, I'm going to call you out on one thing, because if you guys will follow follow Dicey on Dicey Approved on Instagram, D-I-C-E-Y Approved, your mama, you never posted your mom, her drying out those onions she picked. I want to know why she's drying out those onions and how. Well, you know what? The, um... The cool thing is, the, I didn't put it on my stories that day because I've been shooting a garden show for her. The first episode that's coming out is the green beans because I was here when she planted those green beans and now 
she has so many green beans. Every day we're out there picking like a big ass bowl of green beans. And so I, I kind of did that with all the vegetables. The onions were the only thing that she had planted before I got here. So, but I still was able to, sh to watch the growth of those. But it's, I, I did a photo shoot with the onions. They, girl, those onions smell so good and they taste so good. But um, yeah, basically she just laid them out to dry. And then she has these bags that you put them in, like kind of like the bags that you buy them in, you know, those net kind yeah. of net. So yeah, but I'll, but I'll be sure to tag you when I put that video up. Okay, please tag me. Cause I want to know what she does with them. But um, like the dried onion, I don't know what she would do with them. Yeah, well, when the drying process is not necessarily drying them like, like dried fruit or anything like that. It's just, I, I'm gonna have to ask her the whole point of that. Cause I haven't done her interview. She was kind of trying to explain it to me. I don't want to say what it is. And I don't know what I'm talking about. Cause I was probably high when she was telling me. So. <laughs> You was how I wish she was telling you. Okay. Uh, okay, cool. I'm not gonna make you explain it then. I was just wondering because I was really looking for them onions every single day after this. Okay, well, the next question I had the last on the list of uh, random questions. And this is something that I, that I was thinking about, right? Because with everything happening after the death of George Floyd, and especially Ahmaud Arbery, and just everything that's happening, black people being killed, week after week, you know, um, I was thinking, should this would be a good time for me to get a group of girlfriends who are even interested, a lot of my girlfriends are not, which I found out, who are interested in maybe learning about gun safety and getting a gun. So I was wondering, what's your perspective? Do you think this is a time for us to bear arms? Do you think that guns don't make a difference? Like, what do you think? Absolutely, you best believe we cocked and loaded around this, like, no. And these white people over here, everybody lives on like acres and stuff. And they have they have autom automatic rifles and we hear them shooting and they get up in the morning like and have coffee and shoot. It's, it's going down over here. Like that's, yes. I do definitely believe, we. you can hear gunshots going off all over this neighborhood. You also see American flags in every, to me there's no difference right now between the American flag and the Confederate flag. Facts. Like, you have five, American flags in your yard. I already know what time it is. You know what I mean? These people yeah. over here are all Trump supporters. You know, we're I'm in the I'm in like Texas, Texas, where it's cows and trailers. We got barns, you know, and donkeys. Like Yeah, y'all keep in mind that um Dicey's in Dallas right now, in Texas, right? And I'm from there. We all already know what it is. I think that was the difference between me and some of my girlfriends when I had a discussion with them. Uh, about this two days ago. I was just wondering, Pika trying to pique their interest about, you know, you would be the girls that I start with if we wanted to educate ourselves. Like we would have, I would have like a black police officer talk to us about gun safety or come a military guy, come teach us how to break it apart. You know, we would go through all the certifications and stuff, but having that support group, I thought would make it easier. But I am the only girl from Texas and the only other girl who thought that that would be a good idea was from Ohio and other the, all the rest of the girls were from LA and they were like, no, nah, not into it, you know, which I totally get and respect, but we have 
been exposed to more guns and gun safety than probably they have. So that's the that's the main difference there. All right, y'all. Well, um, let's take a quick break. And when we come back from break really quick, I'm going to be talking to Dicey about trending topics. Of course, we cannot ignore the murders of our black people, not only men, but women, too, that's happening and the uh, trending topics that have resulted in this. But we're also going to be talking about something silly to kind of help us laugh at uh, the Kardashians a little bit. So let's take a quick break. Welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations. I'm Jasmine W., your host. I'm here with my very funny, (laughs) very honest, which I appreciate, guest, Dicey. She's a comedian here in LA. Okay, we have a few trending topics we want to talk about, Dicey. The first one is um, with tension and the feelings around everybody. I'm so glad to see the support from people from all backgrounds for the recent murders of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor. How are you finding mental and spiritual peace during this time? And I asked Dicey this because I know she's very spiritual. Like, you put your mental health first, and I really admire that. And I, you know, I'm always looking to you like, girl, what's my horoscope? So how are you finding peace during this time? First I did, I did a meditation. Um, I did a 21 day meditation since I've been here, which was really great. Um, I have an energy healer that I've been seeing. Um, and people might think all this stuff is kind of crazy, but I prefer this kind of thing to therapy because it's just way more effective and less biased. Our mental health is everything. If you, if you don't have your health period and your mental health is, mental health is definitely included in that, then you don't have anything, you know? Um, yeah. you know, luckily my family is very grounded. So that's really helped me throughout this time as well. Now, if you, uh, there might be a black girl listening to this that doesn't know what an energy healer is. There might be any woman listening to this who don't know, know what that is. What does that do for you? Or what does an energy healer do? She balances your chakras. It's a crazy experience and it's been over Zoom. And I feel like, you know how you give, like, when you're trying to get your computer fixed and they're like, do I have permission to enter your computer, like, over the phone? I feel like that's what I do. Like, I give her permission and she comes in and just, like, it's exhausting sometimes. And when it's, when she's done, you know, I have to rest. That's why I was telling you I wanted to do this early because I'm doing that later and I definitely need time to rest. She's been, she's intuitive and she's a, she's also, like, a medium and like she's not a psychic at all but she can she she can just tell you things about yourself and it's very interesting you have to be open to to things like that and a lot of people aren't you know a lot of black people are caught up in religion and they think that oh stuff like that is not of god and you know i'm a christian but i also believe the the bible talks a lot about spirits and principalities and stuff like that and you know it's just about how you look at it and when you only look at it through, through the lens of your preacher and you don't take the time to get to know what things are for yourself and your own interpretations of it, then yeah, you, you know, you might not be so open to stuff like that. But again, it's been great for me. Of course, I, I believe in God, but I also believe in 
people having the ability to predict things, to heal us in different ways. Like, what do you, you think we always had therapists and medicine? Like, what do you think happened before all of this? Yeah. You say you feel exhausted after having your energy um, healed or is it cleansed? Healed. I'm just a, a healer, an energy healer. So, yeah. So after having your energy healed, what is, you said it's exhausting. How do you compare that to something that we would feel after some after an incident in everyday life is it after like a jog is it after like an argument maybe after like a, a, a t- no mentally you know which can make you even more tired like if you've been sitting there using your mind all day and you come home and you just go to sleep but it's just like the mental uh, aspect of it you know right right it, i feel you it feels good I, you feel rested and just grounded and you know i've had a lot of crazy crazy things happened to me over the last two years it's this is good I'm in a good place now it's it's healing you know well that's good I mean I think that yeah I, I I feel like there are black people who are reluctant to do anything besides pray but like meditating is prayer to me like meditate separate from prayer not thinking about anything pray do yoga Talk to people, go to a therapist, get your energy healed, go to a medium, like yeah, do all those. Mm-hmm. Okay, the second thing I had on my list as far as trending topics, people are protesting all over the world from the recent deaths. Um, how do you feel about looting? Do you feel like the destruction is justified um, or do you feel, you know, the looting is wrong and that there are other ways that we should be channeling, channeling our energy towards change? I think violence is violence. And, you know, when we bomb countries in the middle of the night and send the military, you know, in into people's houses for, you know, just on secret missions and kill entire families, like the whole family in the house, all that, all of that stuff, what's the difference in any of that? I think that it's unfortunate that a lot of small businesses have lost a lot of things. You know, I've, I know some people personally who lost stores on Melrose and, in Los Angeles, you know, yesterday, overnight. Um, but at the same time, hopefully you have insurance. That's what stuff like that is for if you're a business owner. And, you know, I couldn't say that I would blame any, you know, if, if it happened to my business for something like this, you know, I mean, his, I'm going to, I'm going to come back. His family is never going to see him again, you know, Target, and all these big companies who don't, who haven't been so cool to black people anyway, and who have, you know, I don't really care. Girl, I I think that the number one rule with looting that we should have as a community, first of all, let me say that most of the looters were white. <laughs> and that was made very clear on social media. There was video there was saying, okay, a lot of the looters were white. There was even one like YouTube star who filmed himself looting and and now he was trending on Twitter this morning because everybody's like, you're a millionaire. Why are you looting? But the other thing I'll say is uh, I, I do think that destruction of property is the least of our worries during this time. But I do think we should have a community rule, like don't loot small businesses. It should just keep it to Target, keep it to Walmart, CVS. I don't care about none of that. Me either. None of it. But we should, you know, Gucci, Louis, all of it. All of it. I don't, I just have, you know, after this is, how many times have we, you know, I started thinking back, I was like, oh, I wish I was there to protest right now. But then I remember back to all the other protests that I've been to for all the other things. And 
I can't even, they all just melt together because it just seems like the same story over mm -hmm. and over and over. And I don't know what they expect for us to do. And all my white friends have been hitting me up. We're going to get to that. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, um, I chose not to protest because like, of course, my husband has chronic asthma. We've been in the house for 12 weeks. I'm not going to spend 12 weeks protecting his health and then go out. So I chose, other, you know, to donate, to sign petitions, all of that, posting on social media, retweeting other people's pro protests and things like that. Like prote protesting makes you feel good. But when the protests are over and please protest for as long as you'd like, uh, you know, if you do it for long enough and the pandemic gets better, eventually I will join you, too. But we have to start holding people accountable, our friends, our family, like government officials, everybody. So when the protests die down, I don't want y'all to start acting brand new again. I need y'all to really remember them and remember everything that the police are doing. They shooting people. They, sh they arresting reporters right now, girl. I feel like this time is different. I feel like nobody's letting up on anything and let them come back and not charge those other three cops. They think they seeing they think they seeing some stuff now. You know, LA is a different kind of place where for riots like and for stuff like that. They don't care about the police. Them niggas have tanks. You know, like they have bulletproof vests. They have the same stuff that the cops have there. Yeah. Like that's what we need to do. We need to arm ourselves and you know, these cops, what are we gonna do about their preconceived um, hatred and scaredness? I don't know what another word for it. Fear against they, black people. Yeah, before they put on the uniform, they feel like that already. So of course, you know, they're using their, their personal problems and, and ignorance when they have on their uniform to make decisions based on you, on your, you're supposed to be protecting us and serving us. You know what I mean? Like, I can't believe it. And this is what happens. This is what you get, America. We built this shit anyway. Why, we, why can't we tear it down? Total facts, girl. That's how I feel too. And that's what I was telling somebody. I was actually went live on TikTok. I was like, I just want to check in with black people. Mostly black people follow me on TikTok. I was like, I just want to check in with y'all. And somebody was like, oh, well, if you if you want to complain, you can just go back to Africa. I'm like, first of all, why should I have to go back to a place when you guys brought me here? This is my country. Like I own this. Like I shouldn't have to go back anywhere. I shouldn't have to go anywhere. This is mine just as much as it is yours. So I think that people forget that, you know, like when people come over here and they're citizens, even people who weren't born here and they come here and they're citizens, this is theirs too. Mm -hmm. You can't move people in and tell them to get out. Nah, I grew up here. This my house. No. Okay. Uh, the last question I had on, on trending topics is that Forbes reported that Kylie Jenner falsified documents to make, it seemed like she was a billionaire. Remember two years ago or so, she was on the cover of Forbes magazine as the youngest billionaire. And she forged documents and it was on Twitter like this weekend. Do you think that that was a lie taken too far? Or do you think it's the Kardashians? What do we expect? I think that what's the difference between a billion dollars and $40 million? I mean, she's at least worth like 60 million. 300 you know mil actually. Well, 300, like, what's the difference between that and a billion dollars? There's, the, to, to a bitch like me, it ain't no difference. No. <laughs> For real. I'm not surprised. I feel like a lot of people inflate their income. I feel like that's not the first time 
Um, and again, they're super rich, super popular. They, they can do their families, families, families are taken care of. Well, a lot of people were comparing it to the fact a lot of people were just not upset or, you know, ready to like fight, but they were annoyed because they were like, Jay-Z had to empty every piggy bank in his house to show y'all that he was a billionaire, but they would just pretty much allow someone like Kylie Jenner, someone who is white to just say that she is and provide a few documents. But I thought to myself, when she came out as a billionaire, I'm like, how's she a bill worth a bill, but Jay ain't? Like that didn't make sense to me, you know? And they said he had to empty every piggy bank. He had to show y'all everything to prove he was a billionaire, comb through his, um, his financials, but y'all just gave it to her and now y'all upset because she lied? Like y'all should have checked her just like y'all check black people. It, well, that's a that's a great point. Yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting perspective. I don't I don't feel like I have to prove anything to anybody. Like why wouldn't they think Jay-Z was a billionaire? He has all these corporations and he, you know, and his music and his wife. Like what what are you talking about? Like yeah. people are just stupid. People are just dumb as hell. And yeah, we're always gonna have to prove ourselves to these white folks for some reason. Or I don't think, I'm, I'm just not living my life like that. I'm about to buy everything black, okay? Black tampons, I'm about to figure out how to make my own cereal, bitch. I'm not buying, <laughs> I'm about to figure out how to do my own everything. I'm not buying from these white corporations. I'm making my own powder, I'm gonna do all of it that's that's how i be feeling for real like listen and we and when we can't find black that we have to start creating these things like it's not hard to create things that are art that already exist but another thing black people need to do is once we create it we need to figure out to make it how to make it fairly priced once y'all already own that hoe don't try to knock up the prices on us i mean we should pay for things that are black owned but let's be sensible you know, because you go to a soul food joint and you pay $50. It's like, this ain't, this is not cuisine. Y'all need to stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was talking to my mom about that because my mom makes really good pies. And somebody was like, your mom, she needs to start making pies. And my mom was like, yeah, I do. Well, how much you think I should charge for them? $100? I'm like, ma, hell no. But that's what we spend on stuff too. We'll go spend $400 on some bundles. Like, facts. I guess that's why we'll charge that too, because we'll pay it and we do. That's facts. <laughs> All right, y'all, let's take a quick break. Um, let's take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to step into the real corner and give advice to a black woman who has white friends um, and white guilt. So stay tuned. All right, y'all, we're back. I'm here. I'm Jazzle W. I'm here with Dicey, the very funny Dicey. If you're still listening, make sure you follow Dicey on Dicey Approved on Instagram. Um, I also forgot to add that Dicey is co-owner of BED Bed Productions here in LA. So if you need if you need a reason to support a small business in production, you have one right now because Dicey is co-owner in one. Um, are you ready to give advice in the Keep It Real Corner, Dicey? Yes. Okay. 
Somebody hit me up on TikTok. They said, I'm a black woman with more white friends than I have black friends. With the protests and much needed outrage of George Floyd's murder, my white friends keep apologizing to me for what is happening. How do I handle all of these white apologies? They make me feel uncomfortable. Thanks. What's your advice? Because I, I bet this is the first time that she's been getting apologies from white people. Because again, like I said, this time is different. I don't know what's different about this time, but it is just different. And I feel like if they're reaching out to you, they they really mean it. Just think of how that takes a lot of courage. You know, a lot of them, it's not their fault they were born white. You know, and it's not their fault that they haven't had to even think about a lot of the things that, that we have to think about that they don't. That's not anybody's fault, you know? Mm -hmm. And at this point, I think that now, it, it's sad that, that is just now being heard, that our voices are just now being heard by them. But, you know, better late than never. And I and I feel like you should approach them with the same sincerity. But, but if they're only hitting you up in your DMs in secret and not posting it on their page, or, you know, not doing anything or, or sending money or, or really, it's, it's not about money anymore. It's not about tangibles. It's about you as a person showing up and admitting on public platforms that things like this exist for your white friends to see as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, and, and a lot of people have been doing that, that never say anything about race. A lot of white people, a lot of my white friends that, ne that try to remain neutral in all these situations have been posting things now and it's been hard for them. And then I look at their comments and they hardly have any comments. Because white people are scared, but let them post a dog or let them post, you know, being at the zoo or whatever. They got 100 comments, 120 comments on that. Facts. You know, it is hard for them, too. I think we have to realize that that's, you know, it, it's coming out of the closet for them. That's, they might as well, you know, be coming out of the closet and telling their families they're gay when they support black people, you know? Mm. So I don't think that we should just how just meet people where they are at this point. If, if all they can do, if, if that's still a step and encourage them to do more though, yeah. you know? And yeah. I think that that will come. I asked my girlfriend uh, about this question beforehand and she said that she would laugh. <laughs> she was like, you know, um, she's like, I don't, I can't make space for white guilt. And I see your side, I see your side of, of, of needing to be receptive and her side of wanting to be resistant. I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, I've been telling my friends, even my best friend is a white dude who's gay. You know, he's one of my best friends. And he said, I'm so sorry you're having to go through this. But before that, a couple of days, he said, I love you. I just want to remind you, I love you. And then, you know, yesterday he was like, you know, I'm sorry you're having to like go through this daily and like see what's happening. It's like so disrespectful. And I just been telling my white friends like, thank you. Even people who don't even know me have reached out to me because they follow me on TikTok. It's, it's crazy. And I said, thank you, you know, just be an ally in public and in private. Yeah, that's my main thing too. Yeah, it yeah. is. No, I mean, you know, my comp I don't even do black shows. Most of the shows I do are white shows and I will be the only black. I can't tell you how many times it's been 300 people and I'm the only black person on the show, like at, at, for the comics and at the show, you yeah. know, that wasn't by choice at all. That wasn't by design. That's just because 
of the way I grew up and my truth and the, and the things that I've seen in both, per, you know, both perspectives. And it's kind of like, okay, that's just, it just is what it is. And that's who my comedy resonates with mostly. And, you know, so, oh my God, when I come back, I have, ooh, wait till you hear my new set, girl. And you know what? I don't think, I think your comedy resonates with everybody. I would actually consider your comedy black ass comedy as well because it's from your perspective and you are so you are what I think of when I think about the different ranges that black women have you are this one type of black woman in the rainbow of black women that there are right but I think it's your personality and who you are as a person that you're so like <laughs> there's no other term for it but you're so like fuck wittable like everybody really just fucks with you. And that is just actually really what it is, you know? So because of that's that's who you are, it's kind of allows people or it forces them to listen to you, even though your comedy is not like something that would make a white woman comfortable. It's not, but she has to laugh at it because it's just so true and it's true for everybody, you know? Thank you, Jasmine. Yeah, and that's why you do a lot of white shows because white people just gravitate towards you, you know? And I think that I feel the same way about myself. I don't do a lot of white shows. I do a lot of black shows, but white people tend to gravitate towards me too. And it's just, I don't know something about my face or something, girl, I don't know. But <laughs> um, I think that's what's great about comedy and you know the, the ability for us to have everybody listen to us, no matter what color they are, you're listening and I'm here in front of you kind of thing. But yeah, I think that, you know, for the advice for this girl, I think that you have to, I think it's just so appropriate to say, thanks for reaching out, you know, make sure that in public you voice this and in private with your family, with your granddaddy, who I know is racist, with your uncle and everybody else, you you had come with that same energy of being sorry and feeling sorry for black people that you, the same way you feel sorry that I have to experience this in private. And I've had a lot of white people say, I can't, this is heartbreaking. This is heartbreaking. And they've DM'd me and I said, now imagine feeling this way bi-weekly. Heartbroken every month, every other week because of this. And then in between, you know, just going through everyday life where you're walking into the store and a white man, see, he's gonna hold the door open for you, but then he sees you're black and he's like, oh, never mind." You know, how, yeah. that happens all, like just different, psychological things all day long that psychological hurdles hurdles were climbing due to race on top of just thinking about oh my god my luckily my brother is gay and light-skinned you know what i mean so he's less threatening to police or to you know yes. this like uh, it's crazy so. yeah yeah and you know that is one thing that uh, people don't consider like uh, <laughs> your brother could be less threatening, but because he is gay, he may come across a police officer who's racist and against gays. And where does that put him? It's just, it's it, it's terrible. It's just, it's crazy, you know? Um, okay, well, I hope that uh, advice helped you <laughs> navigate these situations, girl, because I think that was good advice. Um, and then I'm also, just to throw this in there, you need some more black friends because black people hold each other up all day, every day during times like this. Yes. 
So equal out your friendship. If you got 15 white friends and five black friends, you need, you need 10 more black friends. Equal that out. Definitely. And if you don't live around white people, move, bitch, because I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Dicey, I, I, what are you working on right now? We're at the end of the podcast, but I'd love for people to know what you have coming up, what you're working on, what can they expect from you? How can they follow you? Everything. Well, first, like you were saying before, I am part of Bed Productions. I'm the D in Bed. I have two partners, Brittany and Emmanuel and Dicey. That's what Bed stands for. So we're working on a bunch of different things, even though I'm here right now and um, we're still, they're still open for business. So if you all need headshots, if you need decks done, if you need your podcast taped, if you need your podcast planned out and produced, where they're shooting something there today, like a big thing, they're shooting five episodes of somebody's um, show. So we do, we tape a lot of uh, social media content um, and you can follow us at bed production on Instagram. Um, and also I have been doing all kinds of shows. I, I've been creating all kinds of stuff since I've been here. Cause I have a phone and I have interesting content just around me. And in quarantine, my mom and her garden show is called the garden of feeding. And so that's going to be coming out. She's funny and she's going to be giving garden tips and it's going to be just about her world, you know, and the things she does for people and how she works in the community. And then I've been working on a show for my brother called Brother John, which has been getting a lot of views. He only has like 150 or 160 followers, but his videos have been getting like 700 views on them, like I, the episodes we put out. So I'm gonna, after I do a couple more episodes, I'm gonna really boost it and start the, the Facebook page and do all that. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I, I wrote it, produced it, and directed it, edited it. And it's all based on things that have happened since we've been in quarantine but through the eyes of my brother because he's just really funny. And so, yeah, I'm just, until I get back to L.A. with my business partners, you know, that's kind of what I'm doing is just um, putting myself out there as uh, a writer and a comic still. You know, we still have to create content. And since I'm not doing stand-up, you know, this has been good. So, um, and I've been wanting to do all this stuff for a long time too. So it just, it just feels good. Awesome. I mean, Brother John reality show. I I'm sure I will love your mom's show too. I want to start my own garden when we get a house. Like it's something that I need. I feel like it's something that we as a community need. And then Brother John reality show on Instagram. Y'all follow that. It's hilarious. Like I, first of all, I need more episodes. I need them to be a little bit longer. I need more brother John. Like he's just, her brother is so funny y'all. I really want to say like, not only are you creating things dicey, but you're inspiring. Like you inspired me that once I saw the brother John reality show, I said, you know what? Like it's something that I've always wanted to do. It's something that I've written, but I was like, I want to do my own reality show with me and my husband. Like it's something that we could do. I, like, I felt like before I couldn't do it, you know? And I showed him Brother John reality show and he don't be laughing or smiling at nothing, girl. And he was like smiling, laughing. He was like, okay, this is, yeah. He's, you know, yeah. He was like, okay, yeah, this is funny. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna make sure that I uh, post Brother John reality show on, uh, on, the, on the page. So if you follow Colored Couch Conversations, y'all can check it out. Um, thank you, Dicey, for being on the show. Thanks for having me. 
y'all don't forget to rate review subscribe on the platform you platform you're listening um on right now and if you love colored couch conversations do not be selfish okay you can follow us on instagram at colored couch conversations and watch the show on my youtube channel that's comedian jasmine w on youtube j-a-z-m-y-n thanks to my daddy and uh you know find ways to feel good be safe bye